In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the Gospel reading, which you've already heard. You may be seated. Gaudete Sunday is one of the most beloved Sundays of the church year. Gaudete means rejoice, taken from the Latin beginning of our intro at this morning. It is a Sunday that is marked by joy and rejoicing, as you can even see from our banner that's over here. It says rejoice. But this Sunday's theme of great joy, as I mentioned earlier, is not without its irony. The gospel text finds John the baptizer, the one whom Jesus said is the greatest born of women, imprisoned by Herod for preaching against his adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. Rejoice, or so we're told. John had heard from the prison about the deeds of the Christ, which then prompted him to send two of his disciples to Jesus to question him. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? To put it another way, are you the Messiah, the one, the Savior, who is sent by God? Or should we be looking for someone else to come and rescue us? When the disciples of John ask this question, Jesus responds in a rather interesting manner. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus points John to the very same works that he had been doing, healing, restoring, raising the dead, and that is his answer to John's question. The very same deeds that had prompted John to ask the question in the first place, that's what Jesus points John back to. But what we might not see right away is that Jesus is sort of cobbling together a couple of prophecies from the prophet Isaiah that were about himself. Fortunately for us, Jesus actually reads some of this prophecy for us in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 4, he's given the scroll of Isaiah 61, and he reads this in his hometown synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. St. Luke, as I said, records this rather early in the ministry of Jesus, and it's sort of the the guidebook by which we're supposed to see all of Jesus' preaching and ministry over the course of Luke's gospel. And this is how Jesus answers John and his disciples. Not by reading the scriptures, but by showing by these miracles that he is, in fact, doing what the prophets said that the one who is to come the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, was to do. Again, the blind receive the sight, 
They're, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. Now, did you notice, though, that Jesus seems to leave out one rather key item from the Isaiah 61 prophecy? In case you missed it, he left this part out in particular. It said, He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's rather interesting because it's kind of pertinent to John's current situation. He is a captive who is in need of liberty. So this reveals for us a bit of a complaint in the request of John. Why isn't Jesus acting in the fullness of this prophecy? If the Messiah is supposed to set the prisoners free, why is John still sitting in prison? This is probably, by the way, why Jesus concludes his list of evidence by saying, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Dear saints, make no mistake about it. This is a rebuke of John and his disciples. But Jesus also intends it for us, too. We spend all year in this place hearing about the works of the Christ. Healing, restoring, raising the dead. But how often do we see these great miracles worked among us? Eventually, all of us have something happen to us or someone that we love that Christ could very easily cure. Jesus can cure cancer. He can call sinners to repentance and faith, and they will turn and come to him. He can bless and heal the children. He can raise the dead. And yet, how frequently do we see these things happen today? As a pastor, I've stood by the dying who have not recovered. I have prayed for people who have not received healing. I have pleaded with God to grant healing of body and mind that would not come. And I know many of you, many of you have been there too. So, is Jesus the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? We hear about many people that Jesus healed in the New Testament that were not told about the people that Jesus did not heal. How many faithful saints got sick during the ministry of Jesus? Or let's make it more personal to our Lord. What about the apostles themselves? All of them, except John the Apostle, the writer of the gospel, all of them died as martyrs. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, he's in prison in this gospel reading, and we know later on that he dies by decapitation in Herod's prison. Even the three people that Jesus raised from the dead, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, and the centurion's servant, all eventually would go and die again. Jesus here is teaching us 
to live by faith, not by sight, but by faith in the promise that all will be made right and whole in the end. And Jesus is teaching us to trust that his plan and will are indeed good and better than anything that we can imagine. Here's an example. Do you remember what happened when Jesus first began to tell his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer many things, that he would be crucified and die? He even threw in that on the third day he would rise again from the dead. And then what did Peter do right after that? Peter pulled Jesus aside, like a parent will pull aside a child for a private rebuke, and said, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Peter's mind was not on the things of God, but on the things of man. Later on, Peter came to realize the glory of Jesus' plan, but it was not until that plan had fully run its course and Peter no longer lived by faith in the promises, but could actually see the Lord's intent. In the same way, our minds are not always in conformity with the Lord's plan. We eventually need to learn that when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying directly against our own will. Not my will, but what thine be done. I hope that we can all agree that the crucifixion of Jesus was a far better thing than if Jesus had just continued to preach and perform miracles in all of the cities of Israel. We know that Jesus has saved us and has rescued the entire world from sin and death by his death upon the cross. By pointing us to these great miracles that he has already performed, Jesus is proving that he is, in fact, the Messiah that was promised by all of the prophets in the Old Testament, that he has the power to save and that he will use it. When Jesus places this evidence before John's disciples, he is showing them and us that he is the promised Messiah, that he is the one who heals the sick and raises the dead. He is the one who is to come, and he is the one who comes to us even now. He comes in word and water and under bread and wine and in these things, Jesus brings his healing touch that what, that, what we have, that we have seen by preview in the gospel readings that are before us every Sunday. With these things, Jesus is exercising his power among us even now. That power that releases you from the prison house of sin and that will, on the last day, raise you up from the dead. And this resurrection that Jesus promised to us will not be a temporary one like with Lazarus, but it will be a resurrection to life eternal. And this, dear saints, is what our rejoicing, our Christian joy, is actually rooted in. It is rooted in the objective fact that Jesus has come among us 
with his miraculous present in the word and in the sacraments in order to act in his full capacity as our Savior from sin and death, both now but also on the last day when he comes again. Today, he calls you to live by faith in these promises so that one day when faith meets its fulfillment in his coming kingdom, that we will see that fulfillment of all of his promises and experience it not by faith but by sight. The good work that Jesus has begun in us now will be brought to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.